Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. The Golden State Warriors dominated the third quarter and made us wonder, will they dominate the series? The New Orleans Saints are trying to move to the head of the NFC table, and the recruitment of Arch Manning has reached a fever pitch. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Western Conference Finals started for the Dallas Mavericks a lot like the Western Conference Semifinals started with a beatdown. The Golden State Warriors blitzed Dallas in the third quarter, and they get the win 112-87. to Joining me now from Locked On Warriors, Cyrus Satsas. And Cyrus, this is a Warriors team that traditionally, going back to the beginning of the Steph Curry, Steve Kerr, Draymond Green era Warriors, they will take you down in the third quarter. We got it again in game one. What is it about this team and that quarter that makes them so special? I uh, Well, first of all, I wanted to, I, wanted, I was laughing because I literally tweeted out right before we started that people in the national media were immediately going to refer to the Mavericks as, well, they lost game one and two to the Suns. I, I want to make something very clear that when all this is said and done, people will hopefully be telling me, okay, you win. The Suns were vastly overrated. That Suns team was not very good. I mean, yes, they were good enough to make the playoffs and get to the second round, but great teams don't struggle to beat play-in teams in the first round. And when you looked at the matchups in the regular season, the Warriors handily beat them in that Christmas Day matchup in Phoenix. That was enough evidence for me. They played again in, in late April, early May. Without Stephen Curry, the Suns squeaked by that game. And then the Suns lost two of three to the Grizzlies, the last two, I might add, and those were huge losses. So... I would like to say that the, it's impressive the Mavericks got this far. And Luka can be a champion at some point. I, I wouldn't doubt that. He's going to be a superstar in this game. But he needs help, man. Jalen Brunson is not going to be someone who's going to be the second fiddle for a world championship team. Now, in regard to the third quarters, I say this coaching. I mean, uh, the three games that Steve Kerr was out, uh, the, the one noticeable drop-off you saw was those strong third quarters that, that most people are accustomed to seeing from the Warriors. They know how to adjust. Now, granted, they had a nine-point lead going into the half, I believe. So they, they started to get this game under control at that point. But it did blow open in the third. And, you know, this is just a team with a high basketball acumen, starting with Kerr and going down to players like like Steph, Clay, and especially Draymond Green. So, um, But for whatever people say about this Warriors team in this game in terms of offense, it was defense that won this game. I mean, Wiggins did a tremendous job. He had some huge shots early. But, but Luka never looked comfortable out there. And Jalen Brunson, look, he might be a good player in this game someday, but he looked like a second rounder who's six foot one tonight. There are going to be adjustments. Jason Kidd has been a terrific coach this season. He's pushed a lot of the right buttons. And in fact, defensively from the first half of the season to the second half of the season, it was night and day for Dallas. They will find a way to adjust. The adjustments that they used in the Sun series did not work in game one mm-hmm. against the Warriors. So if if you're sitting there going... Uh, looking at what they could do the rest of this series. What are what are you from a Warriors pers- perspective going, I, I kind of hope they don't do this thing to adjust. What is the adjustment well, that you would most fear? Well, I, I'm not I'm not like sitting on my laurels like this saying this series is over. I have far from that. Um the one thing that was very concerning for me, and I think if you're Dallas, you're gonna take it away as a positive is you know they they missed a lot of open shots. And 
which you saw the strategy there, the, the Warriors switched to a zone, a 3-2 zone very early. Um, I mean, they jumped to that like two or three minutes in. I mean, I think, I don't know what Kerr saw, but he saw something that was like, we're doing this now, and it worked. Um, and I think a huge part of that zone uh, neutralized Luka. They, they, I think that really the ultimate strategy was, we're going to take the ball out of Luka's hands and make someone else beat us. And, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie did okay in the second half. I think he had a decent point total. Uh, looking at the box score, uh, he had 17, um, you know, was second leading scorer for, for the Mavericks. So I would say that's the positive. Um, but ultimately, if the Mavericks have any chance in this series, I don't think it's going to be offensive adjustments. It's going to be defense. Like, they, like they're going to have to figure out a way to stop this Warriors team. And, and I, I, what was perplexing to me is I did not see the aggressive double teaming that I saw in the regular season matchups on Steph. Now, now granted the Warriors also didn't have Draymond Green um, in the final two matchups there, but I didn't see the aggressiveness from the Mavericks in terms of the double teaming in terms of, you know, you know, meeting him at half court and forcing the ball out of his hands right away. And I think if there's going to be adjustments, it's going to be more of an, an aggressiveness defensively from the Mavericks. Um, but ultimately, I mean, I, I, I don't know what you can do. I, you know, I hope people are now starting to see that this Warriors team is not different. So they're different from the 2017, 2018 championship team, just because they don't have Kevin Durant, but they, you know, you can make the argument they're better than the 2015 version that won the championship just because they're deeper. Uh, you know, Otto Porter Jr. is a solid player. Andrew Wiggins, you can make the argument is better than Harrison Barnes, who was his counterpoint on that 2015 team. So I, I, you know, it's ultimately like, like as a, if I'm as someone who, you know, if you're a Warriors fan and you're looking at things that you could be concerned about, I'd say I would be concerned if the Mavericks are making a lot more of those shots, because ultimately tonight from three, uh, the Mavericks went 11 for 48, just 22% shooting. And again, a lot of those were open looks. They, they only shot 36% as a whole. So maybe the Mavericks should stop heaving up threes as much as they have been. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, a couple of big-name additions in the offseason. The New Orleans Saints are feeling good about contending for the NFC crown in 2022. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest-growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. I use it for my fantasy football leagues. And now, you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or the under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball, then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. You are not going to find those kinds of high upside odds at other places. Download Sleeper now to play their new game and on your mobile phone join our listener group at sleeper.com slash locked on today and sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars go to sleeper.com slash locked on today and you'll get a hundred dollar match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply see sleepers terms of use for details imagine dipping your finger into a plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing that was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein that's what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. I just received my birthday cake puffs. I, I'd never had anything like them ever before. They're available right now, and we can't promise that they will be there tomorrow, so go get them today at Built.com. All Built puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. These are covered in white chocolate and sprinkles, just in case you were wondering, birthday cake. And they're made with collagen protein, which 
your body absorbs more efficiently and provides a ton of health benefits. They have the taste, plus they have the health, the protein, the fiber, the low calorie, the low net carb. Go to built.com to get birthday cake puffs now. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The NBA announced the all-rookie team on Wednesday, headlined by Rookie of the Year, Scotty Barnes. Joining him with the maximum 100 first-place votes was Detroit Pistons' Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Orlando Magic forward Franz Wagner and Houston Rockets guard Jalen Green rounded out the first team. Barnes marks the first Raptor to win the award since Vince Carter did it in 1998-99. In another attempt by the NCAA to grasp its own changing landscape, the NCAA Division I Council announced on Wednesday that it is waiving the initial counter scholarship limits for two years within Division I football. The increased number of players in the transfer portal caused the council to announce that it approved a one-year waiver to allow teams to go over the 25 limit by up to seven scholarships to replace players lost to transfer back in October. Staying under the 25 scholarship limit while also filling a complete roster of 85 total scholarships has become increasingly difficult for coaches who have been less able to predict the number of players leaving their program each year. No one should be crying for these coaches. It is great that these players get a chance to choose where they want and get to play. The battle for Alberta Got off to a roaring start between the Oilers and the Flames. What a way to kick off the Battle of Alberta. What's up, everyone? I'm Jess Belmoster from Locked On Flames, and what an absolute mess of a game tonight, but it was so much fun. The Flames ended up winning 9-6 over the Edmonton Oilers. The Flames set a new Stanley Cup playoff record with two goals in the first 51 seconds. Ended up blowing a 6-2 lead end up winning 9-6. I don't understand how or why it happened, but it happened. Matthew Kachuk had uh, a hat trick. Blake Coleman had two goals. Andrew Mondiapani had a goal. It feels like everybody found their way on the score sheet tonight, and this was all without Chris Tanev, who again missed tonight's game due to an undisclosed injury that he suffered in game six. So going forward, we do have to expect Markstrom to play a little bit better of a game, but I am so ready for this series, and hopefully it doesn't go seven, but hopefully we get some more personal below-the-belt chirps from Matthew Kachuk. And on the diamond, Nick Pavetta came into last night's matchup against the Houston Astros scuffling. The Boston Red Sox starter ended up putting on quite the show. If I told you at the start of the season that Nick Pavetta would be the first Red Sox player since 2019 to throw a complete game for Boston this season, you'd probably think I was a little bit crazy. Well, that's exactly what happened Wednesday night in Boston's 5-1 win over the Houston Astros at Fenway Park. Hey, it's Lauren from Locked On Red Sox. And for the first time this season, the Boston Red Sox have won two series in a row. Nick Pavetta was absolutely 
absolutely electric. The story of the game, a complete game two hitter. No walks, eight strikeouts. The Red Sox desperately needed this. Nick Pavetta needed this. And now the Red Sox get set to welcome the Mariners for another set at Fenway Park. Here is another story you need to know. The New Orleans Saints think that they are contenders, or at least that's how they played this offseason between the trade-up for Chris Olave, signing Tyron Matthew, and now signing Jarvis Landry. This team feels like they are once again going all in, though this time without Drew Brees. Joining me now from Locked On Saints and, of course, Locked On NFL, Ross Jackson. Ross, I guess the easiest way to ask it is, why do the Saints think that this is the best way to handle this season? Why do they feel like contenders? Look, the New Orleans Saints have a ton of money invested all over their roster right now. And you can see that because a lot of it is evident when you look at future years. They might be $12.6 million under the salary cap right now after all these signings and after that draft class. But if you look at future years, they're well over the salary cap. So this was an opportunity for them to effectively try to build the best roster possible. And you saw them start to do that from the very beginning, just before the draft, when they traded next year's first round pick and with the Philadelphia Eagles in order to get a second first round pick this year so that they could address their wide receiver and offensive tackle spots. Now you've seen them clean up their defense, add another veteran wide receiver. This is a New Orleans Saints team that was ready to try to compete here in 2022 and has done everything that they can and within their power to put together that contender in a weakened NFC conference. This is the ideal time for the New Orleans Saints to be able to kind of take a risk-free swing when it comes to the new regime who won't necessarily be held accountable for how this all goes this season because they'll always be able to point and say, well, we don't necessarily have my guy at quarterback if Jameis Winston doesn't work out. So they have no excuses, leave no excuses put everything out there and now they're ready to compete in 2022 i think if you're if you would ask fans around the nfl there are plenty of fan bases that are going like why can't we do this why like why why not try to go and do this and if it means some hardships fine as long as i get the best product every season it is interesting more teams especially teams in markets where they're struggling to find an audience which the saints are not Uh, The Saints have a loyal fan base. You wonder why more teams aren't trying to do this. My question to you, though, Ross, as someone who is not in that building and does not have to answer for them, how close are they, do you think, to the actual tier of the teams that, that I think are by national consensus the best teams in the NFC, the Rams, the Bucks, the Packers, and and maybe maybe the Saints are right in that mix there, uh, especially given the offseason that they've had. Yeah, I would probably put them in what would I would consider the second tier of NFC teams, the teams that you maybe have a little bit of a question about, but that are the ones that are most set up to contend amongst that second tier. So you're looking at like the Dallas Cowboys, the San Francisco 49ers have some question marks because they're effectively going with a rookie at quarterback with Trey Lance moving forward. And then you look at if they decide to go that route. And then you look at probably the Philadelphia Eagles in there as well, who is in the who were in the playoffs last year and got absolutely trounced by the Bucks. So I would probably put them into that part of the conversation. And I think that they are a play caller away from being able to get there. That goes from the offensive side and the defensive side, but they're a play caller away from being able to be in that upper echelon or at least challenging those upper echelon teams. So no Sean Payton in the building anymore. So you have to see how Pete Carmichael handles himself as the 
all full-time play caller. He did it in 2012 and part of 2013 put together a number one offense when he did it, but that was still with Sean Payton's influence during that time. And then Dennis Allen's still going to be the defensive play caller. He's done that very well over the course of the past, but can he continue to fine tune that defense, call the right plays while also having all those head coaching responsibilities? I think at this point, you've put the best possible scenario around in terms of personnel, still a couple of places to adjust, but it's going to come down to coaching and game planning in order to be able to take it over the top. And after what we saw happen this offseason with the exodus of quarterbacks from the NFC, Jameis Winston doesn't feel that far away from the groups of teams like Dak Prescott, Trey Lance, who knows? I mean, you'd probably take Jameis Winston at this point. And then who do you name? Who are the other teams that you're even thinking about? Jalen Hurts, would you take Jameis Winston or Jalen Hurts? That's at least a discussion. So I, I think there is some reason to believe if you're the New Orleans Saints that this can work for them. That's absolutely right. And if you look at the NFC South, a lot of those question marks, you see them both with the Atlanta Falcons and with the Carolina Panthers. Who's that quarterback going to be? One quarterback, veteran quarterback, already looking over his shoulder at the rookie quarterback. And then they've had Tom Brady's number here over the past couple of seasons. Can they continue that? Coming up, Arch Manning, the biggest recruit in college football for a very long time, has narrowed his list to three. Our Locked On Podcast Network hosts for those schools make their case in an interesting way here's what to look for on bet online your number one spot for all your daily gambling needs let's check out the odds to win the nfc the buccaneers are the favorites at 15 to 4 the rams are at 9 to 2 the packers 19 to 4 yeah a lot of these are weird this point in the season san francisco 9 to 1 the cowboys are 9 to 1 and the new orleans saints 20 to 1 so not not quite in that tier where at least the team thinks it might be bet online where the game starts arch manning the biggest college football recruit in a long time or maybe more appropriately right now the college football bachelor has reportedly narrowed his commitment window to three schools locked on bulldogs host daniel monroe and clint shamblin locked on longhorns jonathan davis and locked on bama's luke robinson all make their case for manning's final rose the recruit's name is Arch Manning, and he is one of the most talented high school players that we have ever seen. I'm ready to do all that I can to help Arch find a school that will get him everything he's ever wanted. We just won the national championship, maybe you've heard of it, with Stetson Bennett as our quarterback. Oh, that's interesting. Texas is back, baby. Or at least we will be when you sign on the dotted line. You could be the guy that he'll ride Nick Saban out into the sunset and there y'all go hand in hand in greatness together while you win what three championships you decide if you want to be a hall of famer or you want to be a flame out in two years in the NFL do you really want to go to a school that relies on the defense and the running game nobody with any talent is having anything to do with the University of Texas we got it all Arch. Georgia is the obvious choice you need to come to the University of Alabama do they get to do hometown visits? Do we know? I wanted to see entrances. I wanted someone to come in on a fire truck, some some cheesy pickup line. No, that was great. That is that is something that makes the Locked On Podcast Network special. They bring you these stories, but also we like to have a little fun on the network as well. 
And finally, the NCAA Division I Council made another announcement on Wednesday that would relax requirements for conference champions and allow each individual conference to decide how best to proceed. Moments later, the Pac-12 announced that it would be eliminating divisions and have the two best winning percentages square off for the Pac-12 title, believing it was the best way to optimize college football invitations and ultimately win national championships, that according to the Pac-12 commissioner. Yes, it was the divisions. That's what's been stopping Pac-12 schools from getting into the college football playoff. Sure. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now make your second listen, Locked On NBA. From the first jump ball of the play-in tournament to the last possession of the finals, Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Coming up Friday, who's favored at the Preakness now that there's no possibility of a triple crown? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.